This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here with us today. This podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network. Check us out on Instagram, Sandy Boy Productions, to learn more about all the shows in our network. This is a podcast for parents or anybody helping raise kids, and I hope that each episode brings you a little something that you can use in your everyday life, or maybe it's a big picture thing that you can take with you. So today's episode is episode 45, and I'm talking with Emily Boucher. Emily has taught both preschool and kindergarten in New York City, including the Barely School and the Buckley School. I probably butchered that first one. I don't know if I said that right. She later served as the director of Beginnings Nursery School and as the associate director at the Brick Church School. Emily lives in Connecticut with her husband and her five kids, where she teaches preschool. Her oldest is a sophomore in college, and her youngest is first grade. So she's got a wide range of kids, lots of experience in parenthood. And so we get to learn a lot from Emily today. In this episode, we talk about helping our kids to learn how to play independently without being all up in their business all the time. We talk about communication as parents with teachers. And we also encourage you to just let there be messes sometimes. Sometimes you just got to let it be messy, okay? I know that's hard to do, but sometimes that is the best solution. All right. If you're loving this podcast, leave us a quick rating and review, would you? That would be so helpful in potential new listeners finding the show. It takes about one or two minutes on Apple iTunes. Um, I think most platforms where you listen, you can leave ratings and reviews, but Apple is like king of podcasts still for now at least. So if you could leave us a quick rating and review, that would be amazing. This one, this review is the most recent one, CRL815. Like another reviewer stated, I was hesitant to listen to another parenting podcast. I get it. That's why I started this. I couldn't find one that I wanted to listen to. But Lindsay is so relatable and always provides great content. The topics vary, which I appreciate because some subjects I would never put forth the effort of learning about on my own. So I'm thankful that I did through Lindsay's podcast. Each episode, I learned something new, smile or laugh about something I can relate to and finish looking forward to listening to more. Thank you so much for leaving that review. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Emily. All right. Today on Why Is Everyone Yelling? We have Emily Boucher on the show. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I'm really excited. Tell us about your trip you're on right now. You're doing this on the day you're leaving from your vacation. Yeah. So you, I, you, I owe you huge. Yeah. Well, um, my husband is packing up the car. We're in Lake Placid, New York, which um, is where my family has a house, my parents. And we've been coming here since we were little kids. I strongly recommend coming here. It's the best. I mean, I think I'd rather be like on a conversation than packing up the car. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, right. It's like, I'm in the better spot. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we're here and we've been coming here since I was a kid and it's just, it's the best and it's the best in the winter too. It's lots of, um, 
hiking and skiing. And um, then in the summer, it's like the lake and more hiking. And it's really fun. We had, we're having a great week, but um, as we talked about, I'm starting to get into that. My kids are starting to feel the end of summer mm-hmm. feeling, you know, mm-hmm. so, so some crankiness. For sure. Okay. So tell everybody how old your kids are. You have five kids. Five kids, um, two girls, three boys. And uh, the oldest one is 20. And then it goes uh, another girl, 18, and then three boys. And the boys are 15, uh, just turned 11, and eight-year-old. See, so you have done the whole send somebody out of the house thing. Yes. And I oftentimes think about this. I'm always like, will it be so hard when the first one leaves, but I'm like, surely the, the last one has to be the hardest. Cause then your, your house is so quiet. Right. That, well, you don't know yet. You, you haven't done the last. I, I haven't done the last yet, but your first is your first, right? Um, it was, it, it was so sad when she left, but then you realize that they don't really leave, you know, they come back and, um, now my next one is about to go. So she leaves next week. Actually, the Aww. two of them will both they're both going to be at Villanova, actually. So I'll have them at the same place. Um, I, it's it's the funniest thing to have kids old and young. I like it because the little ones, I hope, are going to keep me young. But I'll cry for each one, I think, you know. And they're all my babies. That's what I always tell them. They're all my babies. I was just talking to my mom about it because I don't know why we were talking about when kids leave. But she was like, well, when it happens, though, it's just you're ready. Like, it's just time. And I'm like, I don't know, mom, maybe that was just you. I don't know if I'm going to feel that way. It's yeah. I mean, some I'm sure parents are all different. I mean, I, I sobbed when I left Penn uh, college, but then, you know, I talked to her a few hours later, like everything's a little bit different now too, because, you know, it's so easy. Maybe this is a good thing or a bad thing, but you can get in touch with your kids and they can get in touch with you. And you send each other pictures. And so I'll send her pictures of her little brothers doing something funny. I mean, we're all in the same Alexa, Lindsay. So like Penn (laughs) used to get our announcements on Alexa for dinner. Like I announced dinner and she would get them in Pennsylvania. (laughs) That's so cute. Um, Tell us your kids' names because I love the name Penn for a girl. I didn't realize that at first and I've only heard Penn for a boy. Thank you. Um, That's my my maiden name is Pennington. So she's actually Emily Pennington, which is my name. Um, so we're, um, she's named after me. And then the next one is Sally. Oh, I love that. Oh, thank you. She's, um, named after a grandfather whose name was Salvatore on the Italian side. And, um, so that's, that's a cool one. And then TJ is Timothy Jenkins, um, named after an uncle and my dad. And then I've got, uh, Frankie who's Francis named after a grandfather. And then Charlie is named after a great, great grandfather. And, um, so yeah. Did I say all of them? I think yeah, I did. <laughs> you did. Those are like all really good names. I'm kind of name oh, obsessed. You. I love them all. That's so good. Well, I love Sandy. I'm, I'm obsessed with the name Sandy. <laughs> it's a really good one. Um, okay. So, man, I we were just talking about this offline too. It's I already feel like, so my kids are three through nine. And right. I feel like with my youngest, I'm like the old parent. You know what I mean? Whereas like the my oldest, I felt like I was kind of like right in the mix with everybody. I was like the same age as most people. Totally. So right. talk to us about what that's like. I mean, having a having a 20-year-old and an 8-year-old, you're probably feeling two extremes. Oh, completely. I'm old lady voucher with the, with, with my <laughs> littles, with Charlie's um, friends. <laughs> that's the joke. But I mean, I, I try to stay young. But um, no, it, it's, it's totally different. But it's also 
it's really nice. It's just like what our parents tell us, but I feel so much wiser and a lot, um, I have a lot more confidence than I had when I first had Penn. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like I had Penn in 2001, you know, like I was a completely, it was so different then. Um, so yeah, I, I, I enjoy being the older parent in some ways, you know, I mean, sometimes it feels funny because I'm looking at all of them like, wow, like Charlie is my youngest. And you know, the friend that's playing with Charlie is their oldest, you know, it's like a really different thing. Like I was just talking to friends on the beach and they, they were in the same situation. They said the the one who, you know, has the child that's the oldest, they just do so much more, <laughs> you know, they like take pictures of everything. They, they just are, it's just a different thing. And that's why all your children are so different. I mean, I think birth order is huge. I mean, I never knew until I had my own children, how huge it was. It's just, even if you try to fight against it, your first is your first, right? You just, you know. Yeah, I know. I know. I think about that with with my youngest because, you know, when it's your first, you go to like play groups and things like that. And I'm like, ain't nobody got time for play groups right now. Like right. I'm not taking Sandy to a play group. <laughs> no, I mean that Charlie had such a different, you're right. Charlie was a lot, a lot of times his play dates were, you know, with me, you know, going to the grocery store with me or, you know. And he thought that was kind of fun. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. It. I think it works. I think that that's what makes them different and that's what's good about it. You know, you wouldn't want them all to be the same. Um, I do try to, you know, I try and my kids would tell you this. I, I do think it's important to not totally give up on the younger ones, meaning I try to stand by some things, you know, some some kind of family rules and morals and stuff that I'm sure you and Glenn have, like, even though it's hard with Charlie, I'd love to just kind of let him loose. I try to stick by those things, whether it's, you know, bedtime or you can't mm. watch that until you're this year's old or, you know, because I do think that's important. Kids need structure and consistency. So I do try to stick with that with Charlie, uh, uh, even though he has way, you know, it's definitely a different deal with him. But, you know, I'm not very good at that, I will say. And I will say Sandy's playdates are like just like wrestling with his brothers and trying to keep up with kids that are like much, much older than him. And, you know, we just moved into a new neighborhood and that's right. Yes. And so it's been interesting. We picked out this house for the reason of like, basically like this looked like a neighborhood where lots of kids would be running around. Like that was my biggest goal. Like I want, I need my kids to be able to ride their bikes around the neighborhood, play independently, which obviously right now that's our big two. And my second oldest is six and we do let him do that. Um, but I've noticed like, it's been all about clinging to where the seven, eight, nine year old boys. Right. And not so much like finding any friends for the little two, which I feel like they feel left out, but like they can't, you know, free range the neighborhood. So, but so at the same time, I'm like, I do need to find some connections with some parents that do have littler ones so that they can have, have playtime. However, I find myself in this situation where like, I've oftentimes said, and you would know this feeling more than anybody, um, is I find myself in like no man's land, you know, because the parents that have just the little two, I'm like dealing with bigger kids stuff at the same time and vice versa. The kid, the parents that just have the bigger kids. I'm also still dealing with like somebody in a diaper who can't run in front, you know, who will run out in the street and things like that. So I oftentimes just like struggle with that because I don't meet very many people that are in both of those two things, you know? 
Right. It's really, it, it, that's really hard. And it, you'll see your, your bigger kids, your bigger boys as they get older will complain about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mind you quite a bit like, oh, well, you know, our house is so different because we've got like, you know, like you've got Sandy running around, which is like, sometimes he's really cute and fun, but sometimes it's a, like you were saying, it's a drag because you can't, they can't do the things that maybe kids could do that don't have the little one at home. Right. Totally. Um, it's hard. I, I think you just, for me, and I know Amy, my partner feels the same way. Like when you're, it's all about balance, right? Um, listen, you have a, you have a family of four boys, so you can't do things just, you know, you can't kind of say like, oh yeah, great boys. I'll take you to that jumping place right now because maybe Sandy's taking a nap. So I think you try to find ways to do things with the older boys and the younger ones when you can. I think it, you won't find that much time to do that though, Lindsay, with a big family like yours, but that's okay. You know, like, don't try not to have too much mom guilt about that. It's, it's what your family is. You know what I'm saying? Like you, by giving your children siblings, you're giving them, you know, I always say that's like the big, biggest gift you can give your kids. Right. Um, but balance it. I think some parents in our generation, um, and Amy and I talk about this a lot, they go too far in the other, you know, we talk a lot about in the middle parenting. Mm -hmm. And I find that some parents are so worried about the exact thing you just said to me that they go overboard. Um, and if they have the means, you know, they make sure that they have enough babysitters and grandparents on hand that all of the kids are doing what they want to be doing at all. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Right. So that's what I think you, that's something you have to be careful about too. Like, this is who you are. Like, I remember thinking that when I was in the midst of maybe the first three thinking like, Oh my God, like, how am I going to do this? And like, you know, when they, they tell you when you have a baby, you're supposed to like be so careful about the feelings of the older child and not uh -huh. nurse in front of them. And I was like, I can't do this. I have to like, I have to nurse this baby right now. And I also have a, a friend over like, you know, just, you have to kind of go with it. Yeah. So your, your children will, they're, they're going to be okay. I promise you. Yeah. So let's talk about the fostering independence situation because I think that's a good segue. So Absolutely. So Emily and her partner, Amy, um, they have a business called Work and Play ECC where they create individualized early learning plans. They're consultants. They support parents and children. They're also teachers and moms and friends with each other. So they're early childhood experts. And one of the things I really want to talk about, and this is something I try really hard to do, which um, just note for everybody, I don't do it well all the time. And I end up screaming because people, none of us do. Yeah. People end up fighting because sometimes I probably let the freedom go too far because I'm like trying to get things done and I'm like, just play with each other. But I very much want to spend little bursts of time where I go jump on the trampoline and things like that with my kids. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't enjoy doing things like that for long periods of time, but most of the other parts of the day, especially right now, man, we just moved. We are together a lot. Nobody's really yeah, in activities true. right now. School starts in two weeks. Um, these kids got to entertain each other. They got to play together. And so let's talk about ways to like foster that environment with our kids, whether we have one or two or four or whatever. Absolutely. So this is something that Amy and I have been talking about. Um, we met actually teaching kindergarten in New York City so many years ago. And um, this was something that we started to talk about back then when we were getting our master's, each of us. Um, but you really, I guess the thing is, is that 
if you put the time in to encourage and foster independent play, and it, it sounds like you said, it, it's really hard to do, it it really pays off. You know, it's like you don't have to put that much in for a, a huge outcome. Um, and what I mean by this is that, and also warning about all of this is you really, like you said, you have to you have to step out of your comfort zone. And I have been, you know, trying to practice what I preach over the past, you know, 10 years, a lot more, you know, I'd say, yeah, past 10 years is when I've really done a lot more of this. But what you need to do is kind of think to yourself, what's to, like, for example, like what's tomorrow going to be like, let's say your mornings are really terrible. Okay. Like a lot of us have terrible mm-hmm. mornings. What could I do in the morning to make that a little bit better? Like I could set the table. I could write a note for the boy who always forgets something. I could put a post-it, you know, on his door. Um, my friend the other day found these little sheets of paper. I think they were Melissa and Doug. I can't remember that are like activity sheets and they're also placemats. And she put them down at the table for the kids in the morning because they were fighting so much in the morning and a bunch of crayons. And it was like magic. They just walked in and were like, oh, this is fun. You know, um, setting up anything like encouraging fort building. Um, I, you do a lot of this, Lindsay, anything oh. outside like <laughs> mud puddles, mud kitchens, um, giving kids a big pot outside and filling it with water and saying, find all the flowers and grass you can and make some soup, you know, things like that. Any kind of sensory play, you know, with Play-Doh, water, sand, beans, kinetic sand. And again, I really had to push myself out of my comfort zone because like a lot of people listening, I'm controlling and type A and, you know, I'm a teacher, right? So I, as much as I'm good at this, it's also my home and we all, we all want our homes to look a certain way and yes. feel, feel a certain way. But I do believe if you create this environment and don't get me, like you were saying, jumping on the trampoline, this doesn't, I'm not asking parents to spend all day with their kids. I certainly don't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I, I do it in the way you do, but I think if you put these kinds of things in place, then they they get really good at it. I mean, listen, Amy and I have been watching this happen in the classroom for years. Like there's a reason that parents always say to us as nursery school teachers, wait a second, they do that in school? Like how many times does that happen? Right, exactly. They listen that well. They actually sit down when you ask them to. Right, like Sandy can take something out and put it back, (laughs) Right. right? But if you put that, if you put a few things into place, and that's what we do a lot of when we help parents, Like, for example, I used to keep my um, art supplies, just crayons, markers, paper, way up high. I mean, this is when I used to live in the city. And it was always a big thing, like, Mom, can we have, can we draw? Can you take the stuff down? Can we draw? And I would be like, hold on a second. Wait a second. But now I have it in a spot that everybody can get to easily. So that's something that's such a small thing. But if you put art materials in a place that your little ones can get to, now, of course, it's trial and error, depending on age. Um, what you can put out, obviously, for a two-year-old is different than what you could put out for your your older boys, right? Oh, totally. And I and I yeah. I see that. Like, I mean, I I was actually better about this when all of my kids were little. Um, letting the messes just be messes. I mean. I remember times when like they would get into the flower and I would just have flour all over my kitchen floor and I'd be like, whatever, like they're entertaining themselves for 45 minutes in that stupid flower. I'm just going to clean it up later. I, ha- I will say as my kids get older, especially my bigger ones, I get more and I get more frustrated with the messes because I'm like, you're 
big enough to know. Right. Um, so that, that is, that is challenging, but I do, I do want to just like piggyback off you and encourage parents of young kids to let there be messes because I mean, look at the end of the day, my, I want my kitchen to be clean too. Like that's the one thing everybody says, let the dishes pile up. They're only young ones. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like Mike, I'm going to have my kitchen clean. I want a clean kitchen. Um, so 90% of the time my kitchen is clean. That's the one spot in my house where I'm like, this is where I feel at peace when it's clean, but you gotta let there be messes elsewhere or else you will just drive yourself crazy. You'll never sit down. Right. And and it's twofold. It's also the kids too. If you, if you never let there be a mess, that means you're never going to do what we talked about last night for a second, which is, you know, go into the other room and, and talk to your best friend, right. Yeah. On the phone, yep. which is something that, you know, Amy and I have been having phone conversations sometimes two to three a day for 25 years. Right. I know I need to talk to Amy. I know I, some, you know, I, there's certain things I'm a runner too. I know I need to go out for my run, whatever it is, or good on the Peloton. So, um, those things are important too. It's like, I used to come home from work and I remember I had like 20 minutes left before the babysitter was leaving uh-huh. and I'd look at her and say, Oh my God. And she'd say, are you going to go for a run? And I'd be like, yes. <laughs> and I'd go 20 minutes until, you know, and then I, then I was happy Then I had that, like, I felt better and the kids will feel better too, because I think that if children, first of all, for them learning the independence of putting away stuff is really important. But I also think they need to feel like it's their home too. Do you see what I'm saying? Like children in a classroom, they really feel like they own their classroom. I think, no, I don't want, you know, I don't want my house to look like a nursery school personally, but I do like that they have spots in the house that are more theirs, whether it's the mud pit in the outside that I've set up for them or the fort that I let them keep for a few days, right? A few days, I know. And it's like, oh, it's driving you crazy. You're like, oh, I just want that thing cleaned up. And then you want to make them clean it up, but you know you'll clean it up better. That's what I struggle with. <laughs> right. But it's it's amazing though, Lindsay, like this will carry them through all the way. You know, I have these older, you know, I have older children and they still are doing all this stuff. Like they'll still paint or, you know, if I, I have a table that's got all this kind of stuff on it, like we call it the art studio, and they'll still do they'll still do things like that. I mean, maybe they're watching like Grey's Anatomy and yeah, painting yeah, uh-huh. on like with acrylic paints on a you know canvas, but I think that's better than just watching the show, right? I mean, I like that they're using their hands and doing something like that. So it if you set this kind of stuff up, it it works and it's like I said, I'm not one of those, I think sometimes there could be a, you know, miss, oh, you're one of those moms, you, you're with your kids all day and all you do is look at them and make cookies with them. And I'm not that mom, you know, I mean, I, I love my kids and I, I, we spend a lot of fun time just together, but I also have five kids and a job. So I'm also working really hard all day, but I think you can find a balance. You know, I've never gotten good with the craft thing and you've inspired me. I'm like, I need to go just get a card table. And we actually have this new spot in our new house that, um, it's a bi-level house and it's a second little living room place with a concrete floor, which I actually, people have been like, are you going to finish that floor? And I'm like, no, I want that concrete floor. We're going to wax it. That sounds perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Well, I can help you. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, 
I think I think part of it is I feel like everything always gets lost, misplaced, left out. And so I'm like, I am such a minimalist with so many things that I'm like, I'm not messing with that. And of course, we have markers and crayons. But, you know, my boys love going to my mom's house because she has a little craft station for them. Um, but my mom is also very particular and clean and she makes sure everything is very picked up afterwards right, okay. and they, they listen to her she makes them pick it up and you know she but it's the thing when you're the parent you don't always have the energy that grandma has to make people clean up and they don't listen to you as well because Obviously. you are their mom <laughs> right right it's so true hey everybody a quick break here to thank beam for supporting this episode of the podcast Beam creates the highest quality functional supplements for better balance, energy, recovery, and sleep. Okay, recovery and sleep. Those are the two things I am all about with Beam. They have a dream blend. It's a CBD nighttime powder that is like a healthy take on hot chocolate. It's delicious. I just warm up my water in my tea kettle, put in one scoop of the Beam and mix it up. I drink that every night before bed. It's relaxing, it's calming, it's my nightly ritual. And that does have about 20 milligrams of CBD per serving. And you're not just getting that nano CBD, you're also getting sleep enhancing vitamins and minerals such as magnesium in the blend as well. The other thing I wanna tell you about that they have is a hydration line. I have looked for a hydration line that works, that I like the taste of and enjoy for a long time. And this one, the Elevate Recovery is my favorite. It's a hydrating electrolyte powder formulated with non-GMO collagen peptides and BCAA for supportive joint and muscular health. Especially on these hot summer days, I know I need to replenish my electrolytes. So I take that after pretty much every run right now. And it is very refreshing. It has like a fresh lemon taste to it. This product does not contain CBD. Go to beamtlc.com and use the code Lindsay15. That's Lindsay15 at checkout. And that will get you 15% off your order. All right, back to the show. Okay, so give us some tips on like, what do you do when like you're allowing them to do this independent play and then like, you know, paint gets thrown and fights start happening. That's what I struggle with. Right, and and that, that will happen. There's a lot of trial and error. You, I think you just have to set up just like you would in a classroom. You have to set up boundaries and everybody's different. You know, I, I think some people are like, I would never do that. I would never allow my children to have all those paints inside. Okay. And but by the way, I, I, it's easier for me to talk this talk right now because all of my children are so much older. Um, so if you only have a three-year-old and a five-year-old, let's say it's a, it's a different game. Like, I don't think I would have all the, the paints out, right? Like it would be, it would be a different setup for that, that parent. But I do believe that, um, you know, start really small, Lindsay. That would be my biggest tip. If you're like you were just talking about possibly setting up a table for your your kids, start really, really small. I would start with a roll of craft paper and some recycled materials and glue and let's say crayons even to start, right? And some pencils for the boys, like lots of sharpened pencils. And then see where they go with that. Do you see what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't put too much out too soon. Oh, yeah, totally. And I love the idea of having something out 
in the morning time. Like, Hey, because I, I struggle with that. Like the mornings end up like being this like big, long thing. And I'm like, if I have something ready for them to go, like, Hey, come up and do this. Cause I often like get frustrated with my big kids cause I didn't want them to watch TV all morning. And it's like, well, have something, have something like ready and available. Right. And even if, um, for the little, for Sandy, you, it's even also play setups, which I'm sure if you're, oh, yeah. depending on who you follow on Instagram, but like you can, um, and we do this in the classroom a lot too. You can set something up in the morning that will be like, I used to do this for the kids when they were little, like I'd set up um, magnetiles with little people in it and lined up cars. Right. Oh, I know that sounds a good like idea. Such a, so, so silly. You do it the night before, and then when they wake up, they see it, and they're like, oh, wait, what's this? It's also, I mean, I could talk forever about just toys in general, about having less out, you know, like going yes. through your toys. I know you, I, I, from what I can tell, it seems like you do a pretty good job of not having too much, but that's something, too, is is going through the toys or putting the toys away and then bringing toys out, uh-huh. and we do that a lot in the classroom. So let's say you haven't had the magnetiles out or the something that hasn't been out, like the marble tracks haven't been out in so long, bring them out. And then everybody's going to go, oh, wait, I haven't, even the older kids will go, wait, wait, marble tracks. I love those. Like, it's funny. They'll all, they'll be really interested in it because they haven't seen it in a while. And because it's set up in a nice way, you know, it's, it's appealing, you know, aesthetically, they're like, wow, that looks like a lot of fun. I want to try that. I love that. Yeah. We just, we just don't have a lot of stuff in general. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. I just like, I'm constantly purging. Um, I, I do feel like kids come over to our house there though. And they're like, where are all your toys? Like, what's go like our, our cousins specifically, I feel like they come over and they're like, what's going on? Where's all your stuff? That's probably good though. I mean, I just moved, as I told you myself and a lot of toys that people have, <laughs> I think they're, they're, um, what I call like, you know, they're short lived. They're, they don't have a long shelf life. So uh-huh. you were just, you were lucky not to get them. If you know what I'm saying? Like it's, there's some really good things that I think everybody needs to have, like uh, blocks and magnetiles. Mm-hmm. Huge. You just, you don't, um, I hope you didn't just throw them out, but those are like really good things to keep, you know? Um, <laughs> no, houses. we didn't. Sandy yeah, loves yeah. magnetiles. He could play yeah, with his magnetiles like, for hours. I think like any kind of figures, like Amy and I always just say, even if they don't match the big ugly plastic thing that they came on like keep big buckets of all of the action figures that you have um even if they don't all go together and the kids will still love using them if that makes sense and i think that that's one of my biggest struggles with having a bunch of little boys is is that when you do let them do the independent play it it never for very long stays quiet or calm right my little boys actually if like you said if they have the magnet tiles or the action figures and they're independent by themselves with nobody to fight with nobody that's like antagonizing them or trying to wrestle them they will like if you get them in a going in a groove like sandy will sit and play with his paw patrol toys or his magnetiles for like like an hour i i really think he will and i think he's also being the fourth kid he's learned to be more independent than say my oldest was but yeah i mean that that's what I struggle with, like the the group of them, because it turns physical and someone is injured always. Yeah, we have a lot of injuries. Um, it's funny because I had the two <laughs> girls. I was a girl mom and then I had a boy. So that first boy um, had like I, you even asked that in your in the podcast. You said, like, what do you think? How would it change if you had a girl? Right? Oh, sure. Um, so it did. I think that I believe that changed everything for us because we had the two girls and then we had TJ. So TJ was kind of like 
boy light, right? Because right. he had the two girls above him. But then we had two more boys. And then the three of them turned into a, a gang, you know, like then all of a sudden I had that like whole boy thing happening right? Um, a lot more. But I do think, I think the, it makes me think though, like I think if I was you and I had the four boys, I think, and I try to do this with the littler boys who come, you know, is I think you just, um, you let them be boys, but then you also try, and I do the same thing with my girls. I try to not be just a girl mom or a boy mom. You know, I try to introduce things, uh, to my girls in the same way I would to my boys. Do you see what I'm saying? So I think you just, you and your husband have to just kind of keep doing that. Like, for example, like let the boys, like if they want to make bracelets, like everybody's making bracelets lately around here, you know, those little beaded bracelets, uh-huh. like get those materials. Cause maybe one of them might like it. I think that we get so stuck in what we have that we're like, eh, no, they don't, they wouldn't want to do that, but they might, you know, it's like same with the Nerf guns. Like if you have a girl, maybe they do want to play with the Nerf gun, you know? So I, I try to push myself out of those stereotypes is, you know, but you know, as best you can. But. Yeah. And I mean, having them sitting around making bracelets sounds lovely to me. I love that idea. I don't know if they'd all like it, but you, I always like, I try because I have the older girls. I, it's easier for me. I naturally say, Oh wait! Like, look what the the girls are making this, or the you know, like they follow after the girls. So I naturally do that. So if I was you, I would try to do that too. I mean, I know you have like cousins and stuff, right? That they have cousins who are girls. Like, I think that's good for boys to have that and feel like they can, you know, get excited and interested in all those things that are quote unquote girl projects or oh crafts, for sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, I have at least one that would really enjoy that. It's it's a matter of me me getting the stuff and preparing it and showing them how to do it and not being yes. a lazy no, mom. It, <laughs> and I think that's but yeah, I do I I want to really highlight the fact that yeah, all this sounds great, but it's hard, you know, it is and hard. it gets like you and to answer your original question, it can be really messy. <laughs> and I mean, there's a lot of trial and error and but parenting's really messy. It is. Parenting is just a mess. It's, you know, like just for those, maybe those first few days, you feel like you're holding that little bundle, right? I always think of that, like holding your first baby, like, oh, this is my baby. And you kind of look at all the big kids around you, like they're never going to turn into that, right? Like <laughs> somehow you're going to keep your baby in this little, you're just like, but it just, you know, as you know, that's not how it goes. It, it's, they get older, it gets messy, parenting is hard, but um, it's also just amazing. I mean, I'm on vacation right now with my family and it's, you know, I have so many moments of just looking at all, you know, my five kids and just feeling really lucky, so lucky. Because, I know, I always um, tell my kids, I'm like, I can't believe I get to be your mom. This is like, right? it is like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Oh, just, yeah, it's, it's really, um, it like takes my breath away when I think about it. So you just have to get through some of this hard stuff, right? Yeah. I always laugh when like one of my, usually at this point, it's one of my middle kids, but sometimes my oldest one too, um, is like back talking me or like hitting me even like in yeah. front of other people that, that that's always like one of my biggest struggles. I, I really get self-conscious about that. Like when one of my kids like physically hits me or like yells at me in front of people, I get like very embarrassed that like people think that I don't have control of my kids. Yeah. And for the most part, I'm kind of like, Hey, this is who we are. But, um, and you don't know like what I'm saying to my kids behind closed doors, like when we're talking about these things and how we communicate. But I always laugh when like, it's a 
someone that has one child or no children and they see one of my kids acting like that and they probably think, oh man, that lady, her kids are out of control. You know, she doesn't know what she's doing. I'm like, oh, you just wait. You just wait. Or if it's someone who has mild-mannered kids because some some kids are mild-mannered. Some kids don't hit their parents. Um, But, you know, and I remember the first time my oldest physically would hit me and things, I would think, what have I done wrong? Where have I gone wrong? Why is he hitting me? This isn't okay. It's a terrible feeling. It's terrible. It happens though. All of my kids, all of my kids have done it. Of course it happens. Of course it happens. And it's, of course, it's very, um, it's just one of the worst positions ever to be in when it's happening in front of people that, you know, also, I mean, the, you know, the classic grocery store where you have to pick, you know, pick the screaming kid up. I mean, it's terrible. We've all been there. Right. Um, I just always, my heart goes out to, to people who are doing that, you know, like I just, I always feel so bad for whoever that parent is. Oh, me too. I know. And the other day, and this is not a slam at my dad, but we were in Florida. They have a house in Florida and he, they mentioned, my parents mentioned some family with, I think four or five kids at the store and all the kids were like so well behaved and they were all boys. And my dad was like, (laughs) and I was like, I wonder what they're doing. Like, I wonder how that worked out. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now, dad? Like, come on. I don't know. Maybe the mom is like, a wizard. <laughs> like so bad. You know, maybe the mom maybe they're just calm kids. Maybe they have some deal that like if everybody's really well behaved, we're going to King's Island tomorrow. I don't know. But you know, and and I do think some parents have done something where they have really well behaved kids in public, but that ain't me. Right. It's just I just I try really hard and I fail and that's okay. And if if you're listening and that's you, that's okay. Right. No, I, I completely agree. And, um, there's so much, I mean, it's also like what, you know, when you get to the point that I'm at, you also, you get, I'm on the other side, not quite. I mean, I, you know, um, my oldest is in college, but I can see now, you know, I went through all those years of like, which kid is, you know, that kid's so well behaved, that kid's not. And then you get to the point where it's like travel sports, let's say, right. Or who made the Dean's list? Who's, um, in AP science, mm-hmm, let's say mm-hmm. there's a lot of that that happens. It's kind of like what happens when you have little kids, but it's like older kids. And then, you know, who is going to college with all that. And oh gosh, what, all I have to say is that, I mean, you know what I'm going to say? It's, you get to the other side and none of it makes any difference. You see what I'm saying? Like we all end up in the same spot. Like, I feel like they all ended up in the same place, even though some people were, you know, had kids who were like you say, perfectly sitting at the restaurant or they were doing every single, you know, they took violin lessons and they were going to a special, you know, brainy camp all summer, you know, whatever it was. But I feel like they all end up in the same place. Mm -hmm. So you really just have to put your blinders up on that, Lindsay, and just stick with what you're doing at home. Like, that's why I think your support system too is so important. Like you and Glenn, you know, you and your husband and your friends and your family, you're the people that matter, you know? Yes. And you just have to stick with it and just have confidence. Um, You're the parent, you know, and you also have people that you can, like I was saying, you know, calling your friend is so important. You have to like have those people in your life. I just listened to that um, Oprah Winfrey talking to uh, Kristen um, Bell. Okay. And, Ooh, I haven't uh, listened to that. That sounds wonderful. Oh my gosh. 
It is so good. Okay. It's, I like had to stop running a few times because I love Oprah. I mean, I, I, just, love, I love Oprah. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. You're going to love this. Anyways, she says that it's all about your kitchen cabinet. I think that's what she calls it. And so the people in your kitchen cabinet are your main people. They're mm. your support group. And so like for Oprah, it's, you know, it's Gail. Gail and for somebody else. Oh, her, the person who used to be her um, personal trainer. Okay. Who's turned oh, into like her. Is it Bob? Yeah. Yeah. Well, good job. I, I mean, I'm a yeah. big, I big okay. Oprah fan back in the okay. day. Well, listen, anything I love, I'm obsessed with Kristen Bell and Dax. Um, oh yeah. Amy I love that too. podcast. We, we too. love anything they put out. But um, anyways, I thought that was a great way to think of it. So like find your kitchen cabinet people and, you know, just call them up, lean on them. And as we're getting to the end of the, you know, this kind of weird part of August where everybody's getting a little bit cranky and it's end of summer creeping in, um, go to those people and make a plan. You know, like Eric and I did that yesterday. We walked to the grocery store together and we started just saying like, okay, what are the next few weeks looking like? How can we make things a little bit smoother in our house? You know, especially like you, we just moved. So, um, you know, maybe pulling that, you know, getting them to sleep, maybe a little bit earlier, maybe like if you, you know, maybe reading more at night or mm -hmm. reading to them at night. I mean, I don't know about you, but like we fall off everything in the summer, you know, it's just oh. kind of gets wild. Our kids have been falling asleep to movies like every single night. That's, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's so like bad. maybe, maybe <laughs> once a week, start small. It's just like what we say in running, Lindsay, start really small and yep. just say, okay, every Monday night I'm going to read um, to you guys from a chapter book, let's say just, that's all you need. Just like start slowly, like tiptoeing back into some sort of routine. Nothing big. I love that. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. We we moved into this house and there's this like big upstairs living area and that's kind of like the play area where the kids hang out. And we've been letting all of them just fall two of them fall asleep on the pull out couch. We have two mattresses up there, the other boys or floor they, they end up on the floor really. Right. Um and we've kind of I bet we've been in this house for two weeks, two weeks and two days, and I bet they've only slept in a bedroom like three times. <laughs> um <laughs> That's fine. But I, I actually love that and, and I'm actually totally fine with being like, Hey, guess what? Sleeping in the playroom is a weekend thing and like that being an every weekend thing be unless like you know, something blows up and they need to go to their beds. But like I'm totally good with that. But you know, the couple times that we did go ahead and get them to bed at a reasonable hour in their bedrooms, we were like, yes, this is amazing. Yes, right. But you know what? It's more work to do that. So that's why oh, yeah. we've been letting well, them fall asleep to the movies. And don't don't right. get me wrong. They get up and come downstairs and bother us for things. They're not just like peacefully right. falling asleep to movies. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the times that we do take the time to like really like roll up the sleeves and tackle it hardcore and they're in bed by like nine, which I know that's late. Like, I mean, last night our kids were in bed at 10. Um, it's better. So I right. know. Yeah, I need to do No, that. but I really do. I, it's just like anything else in life. It's just like um, anything that you do. Um, you just really baby step back baby into steps. like a routine. Yep baby steps. Like I, um, same with food. Like I, all summer, it's just a mess with food, right? It's like snacks all day. Vacate, you know, it's just insane. Oh, it's that. So, yeah. It's like the kitchen never closes. And I'm constantly right. saying the kitchen is closed. The kitchen is right. closed until lunch. But they, you know, it's the, the thing that you always have to remember about children is that end of summer can be hard, but they are wanting the structure as much as you are. Totally. I mean, they don't say that. They don't realize they it either. It. 
Yeah. Yeah. I made, um, I, I use my husband cooks more than I do. Well, it depends. I like to do a lot of the like middle of the, like the weekday um, meals. But the other day I made a roasted chicken. I don't know how to make many things. And I, you know, when I said, oh, we're having roasted chicken, everybody was so happy because Aww. it was, that's like a school year meal. Okay. Right? Like, okay. So I think that everybody was like, okay, we're going to sit down at the table and have roast. Like it felt normal and structured. So I think that when you start to like move, you know, when you say to them, like tonight, we're just going to, we're going to read books on it. I think they might, I think they'll be excited because it's a little bit, even if they don't say they're excited, I think they're looking for that structure too. And, and I think you have to, is grownups are feeling really stressed out about school starting, even though we are wanting the structure back, we're feeling a little bit like, ah, you know, did I fill out all the paperwork? Yes. Do we have a, you know, do I have the proper childcare? Are we going to be okay? Did we sign up for the, you know, soccer? Did we fill, you know, did we do the doctor note? Did we get a picture for the kindergarten class? Like there's a lot of stuff like that. So I think you're managing your own stress and nervousness and, and kids pick up on that, of course, you know? Oh, for sure. And it's so true. I mean, I think, you know, beyond moving, I know that that's like one of the most stressful things you can do um, right. in life, even though it's weird to say that because like there are so many other hard things that you're like, how is just moving stressful? It, it is. It's really freaking it, stressful. It, it is. It's you bad. know, yeah. you just yeah. did too. But like, um, I think that that's what we've been really struggling with. There's just been no structure in our lives. And it's yeah. been like, whoo, and the kids don't know they need it. But once, once you get into your routine, it, everything is so much better. Like, once you know, oh, like so at noon, we do this at four, we do this. Everything is, is better. And in anticipation, I've been thinking so much about this because of our recent move, but anticipation is huge for mm -hmm. children. I think I did a, I think there, we have a post about this, about when we were moving, but it's all about the anticipation. So I just with, for my little boys, the few months before we moved, it was just agony. And it's like, you don't even realize it's happening with your kids until you almost have to like, somebody has to say it to you, even as a teacher, it's like, wait, why is, why are my boys acting like this? And it's like, oh, of course, like <laughs> they just need to get the other side of this big thing that's about to happen to them. And I really did feel like once they got past the move, they were better because like we got to the finish line, you know, we got to the other side of what they were so anxious about. You see what I mean? And, and that's what I think all transitions are like for, for little ones, for everybody. But like, I think that's how it is for school. We just need it to start. It's like when you're about to start a new job, it's so much anticipation and then you start it and you're like, oh, okay, today's the first day I'm done. Like you don't have the anticipation anymore. Well, and that's like a resounding theme I found on this show is like, Kids, yeah, they're kids, but they're human. And like, just right. like we want to know what to expect, like that, they want to know that too. Right, exactly. But once you get to the other side, you're there. So it's like, it's, it's fascinating actually, you know? For sure. Okay. Lastly, you know, and, and we're going to have uh, you or Amy back on the show um, before, before we wrap up here, I want to just talk about like as parents, how we can work together and be like in partnership with teachers. And I would say, I'll just start with an asterisk for me personally. I am probably an under communicator with teachers. I'm curious for you as someone who has been a teacher, what's like a good parent teacher relationship look like? Well, I think 
I think that a lot of people, Lindsay, I'm glad you said that. I think a lot of people are like you. They feel like maybe they don't communicate as much as they should with the teacher because they're feeling, I think it's interesting. I think that there is this us versus them with, with schools. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever feel that. And as a teacher, it's always frustrated me because it's not the teachers or the school versus the parents. We're all a team. Like we are all trying to just support and um, bring these little children up through school and, you know, uh, work with work with each other. But I think that there is that misconception of kind of like, oh, gosh, you're all the people over there in the school in that building. And I'm kind of just the parent. But you're not just the parent. You're you're the partner, if that makes sense. So I think that's like I think that's really important that you approach teachers as your partner and you all want these little kids to succeed. So I think it's, especially in the beginning of the year, really important to, I mean, listen, like some parents obviously are going to communicate with the teacher so much, maybe (laughs) all the time. Like too much. Maybe too much, (laughs) maybe too little. But I do think don't, uh, I think the more I always, and of course, some of this is just because I'm older and wiser now, but when parents say something to me, like, let's say you went in and talked to a parent, to a teacher this fall and said, listen, this is one of my, I'm just making this up. Like, this is one of my little guys. We just moved. He's a little anxious Mm, or mm -hmm. this is what his last teacher said. Oh my gosh. That's, you know, that's a piece of gold for me. That is what, yes, yes. I mean, I always listen to the parents because the parents know. Yeah. So any little nugget I can get from you is going to help me be a better teacher. That's so good to know. And I've really like, I've been so much more confident as a parent. Um, and I've gone through lots now, you know, like IEPs with my kids and, and stuff like that, where we're, you know, I've had to really be an advocate for my children. And, um, I don't hold back anymore. You know, I really say it how it is. I say, you know, I think, you really need to know that this is how he is. This is what kind of kid he is, right? Um, or mm-hmm. I've had parents say to me, yeah, I think maybe she reminds me of her sister. And I think she might, it might go the same way it did with the sister. And I always listen to those little things, you know, because I, it, the parents are usually right. Because they've watched these kids. They know them from home. Um, you are the one who know, you know, like, you know your child. So, um, of course there, you know, the, you can also have that other thing happen where parents are like, my child is so bright, you know, they shouldn't even be, you know, like they're so much better than everybody else in the class. Like, I don't mean like that. I just mean really connecting with the teacher and saying, this is what my, who my child is because all children are different. And, and some, by the way, you don't need to say much, right? There's the, the, my children who I never had to say that much, but some, you need to really say, just so you know, like, this is how this guy reacts, right? Like he needs, he does really well when even silly things like some children need a teacher who's going to be a lot smilier and uh, give them a little bit more. Like I think if somebody said that to me as a teacher, that would really help me. That's so good. Yeah. I, I totally can see that coming my way. Like my oldest, I don't really think I need to say anything to the teacher at all. Like he is, you know, we've had, we have behavior struggles at home, like most people do. But man, when he's at school, he 
does what he is told. He tries hard and he he's he's just a good a good listener at school and he he does what he's told. Um now my my third guy um who we've had to pull from certain activities because it just hasn't worked. You know, like right. his his old preschool he would go uh, usually nine to three. And then they had an aftercare program. I just had to pull them from the aftercare program because there wasn't enough structure and, um, it, it was too, too much freedom for him at that point in the day. He couldn't handle it. It was his, right. his behavior issues were just, they were pretty bad, but he's, he's the kid that to the teacher, I'm going to have to say like, you know, he's going to thrive when he has very direct specific instructions and, and he need he needs to be like under a closer watch than my oldest. He just does. Right. Um, and I remember talking to his old preschool about this and feeling like, I don't want to be the parent who says my kids, ne- my kid needs more attention. It's not that, but like he can't just be a free for all for him. It just couldn't be. Whereas my right. oldest would have been fine, you know? Exactly. And so, and, and, you know, I'm not a teacher, but I know that some kids are more work for teachers than, than other kids, just like as a parent, some kids are more work than other kids. Right. And that's why, I, I mean, to a certain extent, we used to all, people used to always say, well, that, that teacher would be better with that student. Sure. Right? Just like a different so, school might be better right. for a different student. And I do, I buy that, but I also think that let, let's say every teacher has their own individual style. It's still worth you saying to that teacher because let's say I'm super friendly, right? And I'm really outgoing teacher and I'm like all over the kids, which is more how I am as a teacher. Like I'm more smiley. Mm, It's just mm -hmm. who I am. I could also get the opposite feedback from the parent and say, just so you know, (laughs) you know, whoever it is, you know, like um, Johnny is super shy and he's not going to do well with a teacher who's all over him like that. Right. So that that's helpful. So I think that teachers, even though we're all different personalities, we're willing to, you know, work and we want to meet each child where they are. I mean, if you're a good teacher, that's what you want to do. Yeah. So. Um, okay. So tell us what, you know, what you offer at Work and Play and then we'll do into podcast questions. Great. Absolutely. So we started Work and Play Oh my gosh, I think it's almost a year now, a year ago. We, um, Amy convinced me to do this during COVID, and I'm so glad she did. Um, we are, we've, oh, are both teachers and parents. Amy has three kids, I have five kids, and um, we met teaching, like I said. Um, we offer parent coaching, parent workshops and talks. Um, we have a, a ton of parent workshops and talks scheduled at schools this fall. Um, we do them virtually and we also do small group. Um, like we could do a small group zoom, for example, with people who don't necessarily all live in the same place. Um, we offer plans and materials. So we hand out these, um, uh, a lot of people, we have these work and play bags. So like some of our clients are people who get a work and play bag once a week and it's plans and materials for one day. Oh, so nice. You could do with a few kids. Um, or one kid, depending on what you want to do. Um, oh, we also do a lot of what you were just talking, what you and I started to talk about where you said, I'm thinking of maybe having some sort of art table in my house. So we help people plan, um, like we look at their spaces and help them plan, um, like where even as simple as like, let's find a place to keep the materials for your kids, or Mm -hmm. let's reorganize the toys, or you want to set up an art studio, we can help you do that too. I love that. That's so convenient. And 
it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you're doing that work for me. That's my problem. I'm not organized enough. Well, but I also think, um, I think the thing is, and I think we touched on this last night, is that, you know, we started thinking years ago about all of the people that we knew, contemporaries who were, you know, who had, um, who had co- running coaches, who had, um, you know, uh, who worked out with people who had nutritionists. I mean, I know people who have people who coach them on meditation or um, do that Maria Kondo thing in their house, right? So right. Just, all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second, why wouldn't we do this for our children, right? Right, like, the, like the biggest why? job that we've, we're ever going to have. Right. And like my husband always says, you know, I, I think in our culture and the kind of in this country, I think people are so focused on putting so much money and time into older children, mm-hmm. which it's not like I don't think older children need a lot too, but you know, I'm an early childhood person. Like this is, this is the time, Lindsay, this is the crucial time. And so I, um, whether you hire us to help, um, you get this done or lean on a friend or your husband, or, you know, you have that kitchen cabinet. I think it's really important, um, to, to parent thoughtfully at this point and, and plan and, um, you know, think ahead. Like we're, we're parenting these little people who are so, um, you know, like they're just at this, well, you see with your own, I mean, they want to work and play all day. Like that's how we came up with this, you know, work and play. Yes. Fred, Fred Rogers, actually, that was, um, one of his quotes that, you know, when children are playing, they're working and when they're working, they're playing. So, um, I think there couldn't be anything that's more important than that. So that was kind of how it came. It came from that, you know, like why not, have somebody that you can talk to once a week who can help you think through what your next week's going to be like, or who can say, so how did it go with, um, you know, how did it go with Sally last week with potty training or how did it go with the going to bed? I mean, sometimes we talk to parents who are at their wits end, you know, they're saying like, I have a three-year-old who's, um, can't go to bed unless they have the iPad and they won't leave the house unless they're holding my cell phone and they won't eat meals. You know, like just, they really are feeling like they're three-year-olds running their life, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think we can help them take a step back and say, just like you would with a grown-up, like, hold on a second. First of all, let's not even talk about the potty training right now. You know, let's just focus on sleep first, right? So we can kind of you know, help them make their way through it. It's, and it's hard. You need help. You know, it's, it's messy. And to have somebody to pick up the phone and talk to and say, okay, I tried what you did and it really worked is really helpful. Yeah. There's a video of this. I think this little girl is five (laughs) going around and it's a little Ted talk. Like it's a mini Ted talk. And she's just talking about how like the most important thing you can do you know, in these early stages of development is like play peekaboo with your kid, like interact with them, things like that. And so that's what, that's what I was just reminding me of. And this is like the cutest Ted talk ever. If I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes, everybody. It's like so good. Um, but I love the work and play too, because oftentimes that's what my husband and I are like are figuring out with our six-year-old when he is in a mess with his brothers or fighting or falling apart, he needs a job. Like he, and not all my kids are like this, but he, 
is so good when he's working, when he's fixing something or like working on something. So oftentimes we will pull him from a situation and be like, Hey Lewis, I need you to help me with something. If he feels like he's helping someone or like, you know, putting something together, he's so much better, but it's like, I, it's like getting ahead of it, you know, like actively getting ahead of it is where everything gets better. And, and oftentimes I forget to do that. And also, I mean, everything, and we didn't, we, this could be a whole podcast, but, you know, everything, we're pushing children so much further than they should be pushed, right? So, you know, academically, children are learning more earlier, right? You know, we're teaching, a lot of our public schools are teaching to the test. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just, it's like children are playing more sports faster. Yeah. So instead of playing one sport, maybe like you're, you, you know, you try out soccer when you're in first grade, kids are playing five sports, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's why kids have all these injuries and stuff. So I think um, really th- there's a reason why your boys could play in the mud in your backyard for hours, right? Because yeah. that's what they're supposed to be doing right now. It's like when you see kids on the beach and they all start working really hard in the sand, it's because they're, that's their play and their work and that's how they learn. You know, some of this other stuff, like putting them from, you know, activity to activity, like that's not what they were meant to be doing at this young age. Yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. Um, Okay. Let's, let's wrap up with into podcast here. Great. What's something professionally or personally, I mean, you're living out this professional dream, obviously, but what's something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? I mean, that's a hard one. I mean, I just, I want to keep growing, um, my new business. I, um, I'm a runner on the side, so I want to keep running marathons. I want to get up to 26 marathons and I'm, um, I'm still only at 14. So I have a lot of work to do with that. Um, I want to run the majors, um, and I still have a bunch of those to do. Which ones have you done? So I've done, um, Chicago, New York, and, um, Boston. Okay. So I still have to do London and Tokyo. The international ones. Yeah, I have to do the international ones. Those are the ones I've done too. Yeah. So, so let me know if you're going to one of those. I really need to get those in. (laughs) Uh, what's the best, most recent book you've read? Okay, so this is a little cliche, but I loved Untamed uh, by Glennon Doyle. I just, um, for me, it was really, you know, it, it stayed with me. I think about it almost every day, and it made me rethink my parenting, you know, and like who I am as a mother and a person, really. I, I mean, um, I just loved it. And I, I thought Untamed, I thought that Glennon did such a good job of, of, nailing this generation right like of all the different generations and what this generation of parenting is like um so I thought it was really good it is a really good book I'd say it's probably the most common like that's the most common answer from the last couple years I know I didn't want to be that person but But I really loved it (laughs) if it's true though if if that's your heart did you listen or did you read I read it yeah I listened to that one um okay do you have a kid's book you recommend Lindsay, this is so hard. I know. So many. Well, I guess, first of all, I'll just say, look on our Instagram for anybody listening. Okay. We have a lot of our favorites on there. Um, uh, Any of the Piggy and Elephant books by Mo Willems are so fun. Uh, There's a book called Eat Pete, which is by Michael Rex. Do you have that one? No. And it's just a a quick uh, picture book, but Kids love it because the um, the monster, not to give too much away, but the monster eats the boy, 
but it, it's funny. And then he feels bad about it. Anyways, kids love books. I think I find that kids love books like that that have the drama and they're like, can't believe that the monster eats the boy. And then he spits the boy out, but it's really good and funny. Let's see what else. And any books with the concept, you know, like Penguin and Pinecone, uh, Please, Mr. Panda. You probably have so many of these at your house. And then if chapter books, I was going to say Dory Fan. Um, Phantasmagory. Have you read those? No. And I, I have to just put a note here. I have not the best with instilling good reading habits in my kids. It's just a flaw of mine. And I, I, I wish to be better. How about this one? This might, your boys might like toys go out. The toys go out. That's a good chapter book. Okay. The toys go out. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah. my oldest is big enough to read chapter books now. He never wants to read though. He never does. I, 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 once a day I'm like, why don't you read a book? He does not want to, but I need to read, I need to read to them more. Have you tried graphic novels with the older boys? Small in a very small ways. Like I, I'm, I'm totally honest. Just like have not pushed no, this. I, but graphic novels, I mean, um, I mean, by the way, no reading is really happening in the voucher household right now, but, um, graphic novels, uh, like my 11 year old loves those and they, they fly through them. And, you know, I, I remember when I was in graduate school, one of my professors saying, you know, you really, it doesn't matter what they're reading, Lindsay, it really doesn't like, so it's graphic novel. It's the back of a cereal box. It's some books that you think are kind of like, eh, don't worry about it. Just whatever they're, whatever they like, give it to them. I mean, unless it's inappropriate, obviously, but don't worry about the, you know, it doesn't need to be like the best literature, but if they're reading something, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Magazines too. If you start getting like for a long time, my kids were into those like sports illustrated oh, for yes, kids, yes. Ranger Rick highlights, get those. If they come to your house, they'll get excited. I should, you know what? That's a great idea. I should do yeah. that. I should get a little highlight subscription or, or a sports, sports illustrated. Those are amazing. Yeah. We checked one out from the library a while back and I was like, I am so scared. We're just going to rip this to shreds. So yeah, <laughs> that seems dangerous. This seems very dangerous. I know, I, you don't even know how much money I've paid to our library because we've lost <sighs> books or, or no, get those. Kids love when magazines come to the house. I'm going to subscribe really today. That's a good, and, and everybody loves getting mail. It's just the fact of life, yeah. man. And that, you know, Highlight still has that, I mean, it's so old school, but Highlight still has that thing on the back where you, you know, the find where you find things in the picture. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. That could be a cool thing to have out at breakfast or something too, maybe. Um, okay. What is your last message to leave with the audience today? You know, just listen to yourself, tune into yourself. You know, you're the parent, you know, put your blinders up and just, um, you know, I think a lot of parents kind of look they go online, they look to everybody else, but you, you know, you're the parent. Mm. So I think that would be it. That's good. Um, okay. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, no, it, this is amazing. I hope everybody follows work and play and, um, absolutely get in touch with us if, um, you need some help or anything. Thank you. Thanks so much, Lindsay. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Emily, for coming on the show. You can learn more about what Emily and Amy have to offer when you go to Work and Play ECC on Instagram. They are also workandplayecc.com is their website. Sounds like they have amazing resources for parents. I'm going to check them out myself. My Instagram is lindsayhine626. That's my personal Instagram. I'd love to connect with you over there. And then this podcast has an Instagram as well. It's called Why Is Everyone Yelling? 
Big thanks to Beam for supporting this podcast. Go to beamtlc.com. Use the code Lindsay15 for 15% off your order over there. All right. Have a great rest of your week, and we will see you next Tuesday on Why Is Everyone Yelling? <laughs>